Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again for another Winning Ponies. Hope to bring a nice trifecta of guests to you today, starting out with award-winning executive columnist from the Daily Racing Forum, Jay Havday. As you know, after 75 years, Hollywood Park will be closing on Sunday, and I believe Hollywood Park was the very first track Jay ever went to when his dad took him there. Of course, he's been covering the West Coast uh, for decades and surely has some very fond memories of not only the horses but the horsemen that made Hollywood Park the track that it has been for oh so long. Our second guest, I hope to get him, I've been calling him, I'm waiting for a callback, would be uh, Trainer Doug O'Neill, who, of course, uh, recently won the uh, Breeders' Cup with uh, Golden Sense, who's going to be returned to training in 2014. So we'll find out what his schedule is. And uh, then, of course, uh, you rewind two years, and I'll have another. He won both the Derby and Preakness with that horse. Another horse that he had is one of the most popular horses ever in California, People call him the greatest claimer ever, and that would be Lava Man, who won the uh, Hollywood Handicap one, two, three times. An amazing feat. I believe Native Diver, Diver might be the only horse, other horse that, that that's ever done that. So uh, that's uh, hopefully we'll we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get Doug on the show, and uh, then our third guest uh, will be. Uh, Billy Johnson, Billy, of course, the uh, jockey agent for Deshaun Parker, who twice has held the record for number of wins in North America. I hope you've been pulling down some of the figs forms, the easy forms that you get right here at Winning Ponies. Just a couple examples. Uh, Wednesday, I had a $2,178 super at Evangeline. And early in the week at Aqueduct, two good solid hits. Uh, There was a uh, 11 $1,718 $1,718 pick five at Aqueduct, and also a Superfecta 7905 Well, while uh, talking about some things that are going on in New York, Javier Castellano set the North American earnings mark. Of course, uh, he's been killing them up in New York for years, but this was down at Gulfstream Park. It was his lucky day on Friday the 13th. Uh, he established a new North American single-season purse earnings record for riders. Um, 
just uh, been having an unbelievable year. Of course, uh, after the race, he just announced that he was very proud to break the record. One thing you work for all year round is this moment. I'm very proud to be at the level of Ramon Dominguez. Uh, Castellano is now the two-time uh, defending riding champion at Gulfstream. Took the 2012-2013 title with 100 wins. And the previous year, he set a single season meet record with 112 of victories. Uh, Javier, I've met him in person, a very, very uh, classy guy. Uh, of course, he also won riding championships at, uh, at Belmont Park in the spring and fall and Saratoga Racecourse in the summer. So certainly he's, he's winning at the right tracks, and he's, he's winning on some pretty big horses too. Uh, let's not forget uh, three grade one races with Princess of Silmar. We'll still yet to see if she gets an Eclipse Award uh, this year. And then he ended up being put up in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies with Rhea Antonio, and he won the million-dollar Louisiana Derby with Revolutionary. So Javier Castellano having a big, big year. Well, a jockey that will never win as much money as Javier Castellano, but to, who is known as an Iron Man, is... Um, is, is Jackie Perry Oots. Uh, Friday the 13th ended up being a lucky day for Jackie Perry Oots uh, because he hit a milestone of 46,000 mounts. Think about that. I happened to be on hand, and just two races before he got to that plateau, Perry was put over the railing at Turfway Park. He is one tough son of a gun. And uh, so just think about it. Think about 46,000 anything that you've done in your life, and what he's done is death-defying, and certainly he's had his close calls. He's been injured many, many times. Uh, Perry now is 59 years old and still riding. Now, with, by getting to 46,000, uh, Perry only trails Russell Bays and Lafitte Pinkai Jr., I got to interview uh, Perry after the race, and, you know, I said, he has usually a man of very few words, and I said, well, can you, can you tell me w what it means to, to you, Perry? And he kind of stopped in his tracks and uh, said, shows you I'm a man that likes his job. He's now one of 16 jockeys in history to win at least 6,000 races. What he's hoping to do now is a little bit of a family affair. He wants to get past his cousin, who is Early Fires. They grew up together in Arkansas. Early's got uh, 6,470. So uh, Perry says it's doable, but then I'll probably go for 7,000. So good luck to the native of Rivervale, Arkansas. Another person that can establish a record will be Jerry Hollendorfer out at Hollywood Park. Uh, Hollendorfer can establish the new meet record for most stakes wins by a trainer if he wins either the $200,000 Soviet problem on Saturday or the $200,000 King Glorious on Sunday. And uh, so Hollendorfer off to just uh, one uh, heck of a year. And on Saturday, he won with a shared belief. Looks like Jim Rome has his hands on, on another uh, nice horse. Uh, winning the Cash Call Futurity and the Native Diver. We'll get to those races in a little more detail, but uh, good luck to Jerry Hollendorfer. Um, now, here's your chance to get in the action. I know that you won't be voting for the Eclipse Award, but you can vote for the NTRA Moment of the Year at www.ntra.com. Uh, this will be the 15th time that they've had the, uh, the Moment of the Year, so uh, you, you can... Go online and vote. Uh, the uh, 
the eligible moments that were that were selected this year. Hopefully, you'll remember most of them. Of course, one of my favorites, Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens, uh, who rode his first winner in North America since 2005. And then, of course, uh, you had to watch this. It was on a lot of replays. It's on YouTube. Down at Pimlico Racecourse, a horse by the name of Spicer Cup bolted around the park starting gate along the outside rail and just lost its race by a nose. That was back in April. Of course, Orb winning the Kentucky Derby for trainer Shug McGahey and owner Stuart Janney and Denny Phipps is one of the events. Oxbow winning the Preakness, giving Hall of Famer D. Wayne Lucas his sixth win in the Triple Crown's middle jewel. And how about 50-year-old Hall of Fame jockey Gary Stevens, his third Preakness uh, victory. Of course, Painter, who's a story we've been following all along after battling back from life-threatening illnesses a year before, uh, he comes back to the races uh, to win a solid allowance uh, race at Betfair Hollywood Park. Always struggled with that Betfair Park. Uh, Jackie Russell Bays became the first North American rider to reach the 12,000 mark. Good luck somebody catching that. What a season for Ken and Sarah Ramsey. They won three major grade one turf stakes, the Secretariat, the Sword Dancer, and the Arlington Million with their own stallion, Kittens Joy. And let's not forget, we'll take charge, who just got up to beat Moreno by a nose in the Traverse Stakes. Of course, we know what he's gone on to do. Um, um, the Mike Venezia Award was given out to the class act, Ramon Dominguez, who has been a guest with us on Winning Ponies. And uh, five-year-old man, Misdirection, beat the boys in the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint for the second straight year. Of course, Wise Dan winning the Breeders' Cup Mile for the second straight year. All of these are considered some of the best moments of the year. And while you won't be voting for uh, the Eclipse Award, this will be your chance to vote for NTRA Moment of the Year. Uh, recent ones you may recall were uh, Blaine's Narrow Victory over Zenyatta, uh, Drosselmeyer's Hard Fought Victory over Game on Dude in the Classic, and uh, last year it was uh, Painters of Survival and Return to the Races. Again, that's www.ntra.com. Well, uh, last week we did announce that Flat Out was going to be retired. We finally found out where he's going to be retired to, and it's really one of the most up-and-coming uh, stallion uh, stands in central Kentucky in that Spendthrift Farm. When I say up and coming, it's not because it wasn't once, but over the years, it kind of tailed off. I'll never forget, at one point in time, I was standing in a spot, and 20 yards to my left was was uh, affirmed, and uh, to the other side was Sham. It uh, was uh, uh, truly amazing, because right between them was a horse by the name of Seattle Slough. Uh, Again, uh, under the uh, auspices of uh, B. Wayne Hughes, Spencer's really coming back, so it looks like Flat Out is going to get his chance uh, to go on to, to be a stallion at Spendthrift. Some more news from the West Coast. Looks like Tyler Bays has been approved to be riding. Uh, he'll be happy when the New Year's comes around. January 1st uh, will be when he can come back. He's uh, able to uh, start uh, exercising horses on Saturday. Uh, as you know, he's, he's had some troubles uh, with substance abuse. Obviously, he's being uh, taken care of by the Winners Foundation and Valuation. They've recommended that he return to racing. So uh, good luck, the uh, Bays family. Fantastic in racing, uh, but they, they have had their troubles. I, I, I feel for them. Well, of course, uh, last year's big race, the cash call 
futurity. Uh, this was the Hollywood futurity, and uh, many good horses come out of this race. Um, they six of them have gone on to win the Kentucky Derby: Gato del Sol, Ferdinand, uh, Ali Sheba. Thunder Gulch, Real Quiet, and Giacomo, uh, other nice horses that didn't win the Derby, but uh, you'll know from uh, racing lore, Point Given and AP Indy made their names in winning what was the Hollywood Futurity. About right now, it's a horse by the name of Shared Belief, who's uh, undefeated, and it was uh, touchingly so the final graded stakes race ever at Hollywood Park, and I'm sure we're going to hear more about that uh, from uh, Jay Hubday. So a lot of great horses come out of there. We'll see what happens. Two candy rides ran 1-2 in that race. So uh, another uh, stallion that's uh, having quite quite a good season. Kitten Joy's not the only one. Well, uh, that pretty much uh, touches on the, the, the top race from last week, and uh, just behind that, I'd have to, again, we talked a lot about Jerry Hollendorfer. Well, his horses ran one, two, three in the native diver handicap at, at Hollywood Park. Uh, the winner was Blue Skies in Rainbows, who went from flag fall to that's all. So congratulations to a Buckeye-bred Jerry Hollendorfer. Well, again, a lot of news coming out of Betfair Hollywood Park, but we're going to get a chance to uh, walk down memory lane with one of the finest writers in the business and a guy that probably knows as much about Hollywood Park as anybody, and that would be Jay Hobday, executive columnist of the Daily Racing Forum. So uh, hold on, everybody. We're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. He's still out. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now, a gentleman that's uh, probably uh, going through uh, his, uh, his thoughts over the next uh, oh, 72 hours about a place where he spent uh, many a great day, has seen many a famous horse, spent time with some of the greatest horsemen, and that would be what uh, I still will just call Hollywood Park. With me right now, Jay Havday. Jay, how are you doing? Well, hello, and it's great to be back, Jim. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I've, I've been relishing your, your articles over the past couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know anybody that can really uh, capture uh, the, the essence of Hollywood Park and the feelings different people are having and the experiences that you've had. But I, the, the, the one story that, that, that hit me particularly uh, between the eyes was that the fact that not only have you, I guess, landed your dream job, but it, it started with you standing along the rail with your dad going to see Hill Rise. I love that story. Well, what's it like this past couple of weeks or months knowing that the track was going to close with these memories rushing back to you? Well, it, it hasn't been easy. Um, you know, you hate, you hate to say goodbye to any, uh, any institution that's been part of your life for a long time. I mean, you know, I've I go back to Anaheim, uh, where I grew up in Orange County, and, and my junior high school is no longer there. It's a it's a retirement home now. So those things, you know, they they hurt. Uh, they they make you feel uh, old. They make you feel a little bit irrelevant. Irrelevant. They make you feel like uh, part of your past has been removed. But at the same time, you are left with such rich and wonderful memories of the the times that you had in those places. That um, you know, we we'll, we can live off that for quite some time. The real damage is is being done to the the industry in California, and there's going to be chaos. There's going to be havoc. There's going to be a lot of getting used to things differently because Hollywood Park not only was a you know a wonderful racing emporium, but it was uh, maybe the most important training ground for the uh, the inventory of California racing. And uh, its stalls and its uh, big, you know, beautiful, generous mile and one eighth racing surface is going away, and uh, the um, uh, the the principals of the game out here have been scrambling to try to stop gap and and replace that loss uh, in the short term, hoping to get long term plans. But we'll have to see what uh, what shakes out over the coming uh, twelve months. Um, could you? Uh kind of educate our listeners as to there's going to be a huge displacement of horses. Uh, obviously, they won't be, be training there much longer. Uh, and uh, how are the dates going to be absorbed? Well, Hollywood Park had, um, oh, I think it was maybe, gosh, I want to say 12 weeks or so in the spring and then another uh, month to five weeks in the fall. Uh, those uh, dates are going to be divvied up among um, Santa Anita Park, which will now run until uh, late June, and then um, Los Alamitos, uh, heretofore a uh, quarter horse racetrack, which is being expanded to a one mile circumference track to accommodate thoroughbred racing. They'll get two weeks in the spring. Uh, Del Mar will have its traditional meet through the summer and past Labor Day. Uh, you'll go back to Santa Anita, 
for the meat that uh, will, from time to time, host a Breeders' Cup. And, and then you'll go back down to Del Mar for uh, a, uh, about a uh, four-week meet uh, in the, uh, right around Thanksgiving, which uh, is pretty exciting for everyone in our household because uh, Del Mar is just down the road. And the idea of spending Thanksgiving in the early part of the holiday season at Del Mar is really cool. <laughs> and then the uh, the season will end up with another um, uh, brief meeting at Los Alamitos before it starts all over again on December 26th each year at Santa Anita. So in essence, the the season hasn't changed in terms of uh, number of racing days and dates, uh, you know, drastically at all. Uh, it's just that there's a, a large hole uh, in the uh, in the cosmos where Hollywood Park used to be and. Uh, uh, trainers and owners are uh, having to deal with the fact that uh, they won't be able to either go to the races or see their horses train at Hollywood Park any longer. Uh, Jay, I, I saw a picture, uh, a picture recently, and I don't know when it was taken, but it, it was uh, uh, you and Mr. Anderson and Mark Simon and uh, uh, Jay Privman, and I may, I may be forgetting somebody. Was that a recent photo that was taken? Uh, it must have been in your local post office, Jim. I, I have no idea. Uh, no, that it was, was on uh, Facebook. I believe Mary Simon took the picture. Yeah, that was a that, that was a, um, um, a murderer's row of uh, us uh, racing form guys in California that um, okay. Mary Simon, uh, Mark Simon's uh, wife, took while uh, Mark, our uh, our uh, editorial supervisor uh, of the racing form. Uh, uh, took while uh, Mark was visiting and Mary was visiting for one last time around at Hollywood Park. That Mary's a, a Californian, spent a lot of time out here, and she wanted to come out and, and see the old place one more time. And uh, we thought the best place to gather the troops together for uh, for a team photo was at that wonderful, beautiful statue of Swaps, which greets uh, clubhouse patrons at uh, Hollywood Park. Uh, on the other side of that big marble wall are inscribed uh, all of the uh, the winners of the Hollywood Gold Cup, and uh, supposedly that uh, that statue and that uh, marble edifice are going to go uh, up for auction sometime in January. So um, you know, get out your checkbooks. It uh, would make a lovely uh, conversation piece in someone's front yard. <laughs> yes, it would. Well, I have to ask you. Uh, Recently, they, they tore down the track that, that, that I had worked at for 30 years. Luckily, it's being rebuilt, so it's not like going away like Hollywood Park. But I just remember my, I was the last person in the press box ever and uh, before the wrecking ball came and walking through there and grabbing the occupancy permit and maybe just a few other odds and ends. Uh, uh, what, what's the, the nostalgia for, for you going to be like leaving the press box at Hollywood Park? Well, you spend a lot of time in a place, and it's uh, it's a workplace. Um, you know, there's nothing. I mean, I hate to be. Uh, you know, I, I hate to throw cold water on the the idea of nostalgia, but uh, you know, it's it's a workplace, and now we're going to be working in other places like that. The the point of, of, about Hollywood Park uh, disappearing from the racing landscape is is one of community. Uh, you, you know. We like to think in horse racing, uh, or any, anyone who is involved with any kind of a, a sport, uh, that, uh, that you're part of a community, that it's a community that's recognized by the larger world as being viable, being interesting, 
even popular uh, as horse racing is maybe two or three times a year on a on a broad scale um, accepted to a certain extent um, we're a little old fashioned we're more like boxing and uh, uh, some of the niche, niche sports uh, that uh, don't get the, the kind of coverage that uh, college uh, basketball and NFL football get. But still, I mean, on any given day, there's thousands upon thousands of people going to see horses race somewhere in the United States. When you lose one of those places where you can go do that, that hurts. It really does. And when you lose it for the reasons that that we're losing Hollywood Park, it hurts a little bit more. I mean... Let's, you know, in 75 years at Hollywood Park, Jim, the only two times that there were, there's no racing there, well, three times. Uh, once was uh, World War II, and they suspended racing for two years while the track was used for uh, wartime uh, um, uh, industries. Um, once in 1949, when the, the place burned down. Uh, and then, of course, there were the, the riots in the early 90s that uh, caused such havoc in the neighborhood that they closed the track for a, a period of a few days uh, before it was safe to resume racing again. Um, that's what it took to, to, to take Hollywood Park out of the picture in the past, uh, you know, fire, riots, and, and world war. For, you know, uh, a company to come in, buy a place, run it for a few years, and now just tear it down to build houses in, you know, the ninth Costco uh, in the neighborhood, that's, that's, that's hard to take. And though that is the economic reality, that doesn't mean we have to like it. Well, in the very same article that uh, I started out with with you going to see your dad with, with Hillrise, as, as, as you go through there, I, I love the, the way that we refer to some of the things that, 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 that you're going to miss. And, and I just love the, the, the fact that you, you'll miss Grace in the Press Box Kitchen, uh, Reuben in the Turf Club, Rudy at the Fountain Gate. You know, these people are, are part of the fabric of a great track or, or of any track, any one of, one of your favorite tracks. You, you build relationships with people and, and friendships uh, just from dealing with them on a daily basis. Well, that's right, and that's what makes uh, horse racing a little bit different from some other sports because, you know, let's face it, when you go to Dodgers Stadium, uh, you know, when the players leave and the fans leave and the press leaves and the people that work there leave, to, it's an empty stadium. Nobody ever leaves the racetrack completely because there's always horses and there's always people and there's always someone that's tending the grounds and 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 uh, working on the racetrack, uh, the surface, or, or uh, uh, maintaining the barns. Or I mean, it's it's it has more of a almost a municipal feel rather than a stadium feel. And to, to look at something as huge as Hollywood Park and Hollywood Park is a big racetrack. I mean, it's not. Belmont big, but it's Santa Anita big, and it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's Aqueduct big. It's a big racetrack, and that's a lot of racetrack. That's a lot of building that you're going to have to tear down, and uh, just just the, the, the sheer scope of, of removing it and, and bringing it down to, uh, to ground level and starting something else is, uh, oh, it's, it's, almost, uh, it's, it's almost science fiction. Uh, but um, but that's going to happen. It's it's going to be the largest uh, uh, demolition uh, job in Los Angeles uh, for as long as anyone can remember. Wow! Yeah, you're really putting this in in, in perspective uh, for us. Um, 
I'll tell you what, I'm seeing from my producer that uh, I, I still don't don't have Doug O'Neill, so I, I'm hoping maybe I could keep you on a, a little bit longer because we haven't even touched upon... Uh, I can do it. I can do a Doug O'Neill impression if you like, Jim, you know. <laughs> we can, we can. No, I like, Jim, I like hey, your how impression. How are you, Jim? Oh, it's great to hear um, from you, boy. But, hey, I haven't seen you for a long time. Everything good? <laughs> That's Doug, okay. Uh, but... Uh, Here's what we'll do is, uh, if I can, uh, I'll ask my producer to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back uh, for our listeners, I'd like to get in uh, to to Jay Havde's best of the past and best of modern time uh, horses, jockeys, and horse trainers. Do you think we can do that? Sure, why not? Great. Okay, we're going to take a little bit of a break here. You're on Winning Ponies, and we're listening to the words of Jay Havde on the closing of Hollywood Park. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds Bart. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And we are so blessed to have columnist uh, Jay Hobday from the Daily Racing Forum with us. Of course, uh, uh, Jay was there to w- witness so many great uh, horses and, and uh, to build relationships with the jockeys and the horsemen. And I thought that I'd kind of just kind of ask him uh, uh, during the, the, the past and, and leading up to the present, um, number one, let's start with the horses themselves or particular races uh, that, that, that inspired you, you Jay. But take us back in time and bring us up to the future. Well, the two races that uh, always were my favorites at Hollywood Park were, of course, the Hollywood Gold Cup, um, the mile and a quarter main track race that uh, was uh, first run in 1938 and won by Seabiscuit. How's that to get things kicked off? I remember that. Uh, I watched the race twice at River Downs. <laughs> there you go. See, bye. <laughs> uh, and um, 
And then also uh, a race uh, called the Californian, um, which was uh, an earlier, a May race, uh, as opposed to the July date usually of the Hollywood Gold Cup. And the Californian was uh, traditionally, for many, many years, a mile and a sixteenth race, so it, it kind of brought together fish and fowl, uh, the, the, the stretch-out sprinters and the, the, the classic uh, horses that could do the mile and an eighth and mile and a quarter, and it, it, it threw them in a in an arena and shook them up and outspilled uh, some just r- amazing runnings uh, in the uh, 60s and into the 70s. I mean, if you just look at uh, uh, a collection, you would get fast horses like Viking Spirit and Baffle uh, and Ancient Title uh, and J.O. Tobin, um, horses known for being maybe Milers, uh, you know, Mile and an Eight type horses, and then you'd get the great classic horses like... Uh, uh, Dr. Fager and, and Cougar and Quack and uh, uh, Crystal Water and then Affirmed. Uh, and uh, they would they could, you know, dial it back and win it a mile under 16. So uh, the Californian was always a, a, a great race. They they did lengthen it to a mile and an eighth, and that took a bit of an edge off. But uh, we still have uh, a number of runnings of that race to, to be um, you know very appreciative of and, and really uh, enjoy watching those races again. As for the doing my, up, doing I mean, my homework for the show, I was really kind of impressed with uh, the Hollywood Futurity and the fact that six starters from the Futurity had gone on to win the Kentucky Derby, and others uh, that didn't win it were, were point given an AP Indy. What a race that's been over the years. It has been. Of course, it uh, only started in 1981, so it's kind of a baby. Um, and uh, But it has, uh, it's, you know, its position, it was a natural race. It, it, it became uh, the most important race in terms of uh, cultivating um, talent uh, in the Hollywood Park uh, fall season. Um, but um, as I say, that, you know, that, that came on in 1981, so you know, we, uh, we, we, we prefer to look at uh, Hollywood Park's history in 75-year increments rather than 30-year increments. Uh, and uh, the, Holly, the good news is that there will still be some kind of a a mile and a sixteenth, or perhaps even a mile and an eighth, futurity type of race uh, in the in December in Southern California, uh, because Los Alamitos, with its new uh, full-size racetrack, is fully intending to um, uh, to fund a race like that at uh, at Grade One level that will be a a viable replacement for the uh, Hollywood Futurity, which is the Cash Call Futurity, and could even retain uh, Paul Redham's Cash Call. Uh, sponsorship, so that's good news. But um, even better news, I think, is the fact that Santa Anita plans, as of now, to run both the Californian and the Hollywood Gold Cup at Santa Anita, Great. and that's a, a continuity that uh, is 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 desperately needed for uh, the circuit, for uh, owners uh, to plan to send their best horses out here and and you know, get the uh, the rewards of running in those kinds of races. Um, and if uh, the Hollywood Gold Cup picks up, you know, right where the Hollywood Gold Cup left off at, uh, uh, at Hollywood Park, uh, I think the history will be pretty good. It was actually run once, the Hollywood Gold Cup was run once at Santa Anita um, the year of the fire at Hollywood Park. They shifted the dates over to Santa Anita that, uh, that summer, and that was 1949, won by a horse named Solidarity. Um, so for the first time since 1949, the Hollywood Gold Cup will be going back to Santa Anita. And uh, if Santa Anita can, can come up with the same 
kind of history that uh, Hollywood had, uh, they'll be they'll be doing fine. I, I'm, I'm sure you can think of a few Hollywood Gold Cup winners that are your favorites, Jim. I absolutely, I can. Um, now, talking about the, the, the horses, how about some of your favorite horsemen that you've had the chance to, to deal with over the years? Because you've had some of the best of the best out there. Well, we had just about every great trainer. Um, and, uh, I mean, every great trainer that, that, that was based in California, of course, trained at Hollywood Park. Many of the uh, eastern trainers would come to Hollywood Park regularly. Um, Alan Jerkins sent Sensitive Prince out to Hollywood Park. Uh, Elliot Birch came out with Fort March, Marcy in Arts and Letters. Um, right on down the line, Hearst Jacobs ran horses at Hollywood Park. Um, uh, in more recent years, of course, uh, Todd Fletcher's been a presence in the biggest races at Hollywood Park uh, in both uh, spring and fall. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the purses, the setting, and the competition, um, because you might think that trainers and owners like to go where it's it's softest, where their horse can, uh, uh, you know, run against the uh, the weakest possible field for the most possible money. Uh, those guys are competitive, and they, at the end of the day, they like to say that you know we we beat the best and where, wherever the best were, and many times they had to go to Hollywood Park to do it. Well, uh, in addition to the gentleman that trained the horses. What an outstanding jockey colony throughout the decades has performed at Hollywood Park. I didn't do a, a I could have done a, a you know a list of uh, Hall of Famers that trained or rode out here, but then you know it's pretty much easier to just go through the hall, list of Hall of Fame members and put a check mark by all those guys <laughs> because they were here anyway. I mean, as far as trainers were concerned, you've got Charlie Whittingham and Ron McAnally and Horatio Luro and Bill Moulter and Bobby Frankel and Bob Wheeler and Mesh Tenney and, and, and uh, Neil Drysdale and just just right down the list. Uh, I did a, a piece with Jack Van Berg for, for the paper over the weekend. Um, certainly he's a, he's a walking history book of Hollywood Park. Yes. And uh, same goes for the writers. I mean, beginning with, you know, Johnny Longdon and, Ralph Neves back in the uh, late 30s and into the 40s and uh, on through with uh, R. and Shoemaker and, and Pinkai, Holly, McCarg, and I'm just name dropping now, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, one name leads to yet to the next and, and uh, you know, Hollywood Park is going out the door with, you know, a, a, a champion and future Hall of Famer like Joel Rosario having won championships there and certainly a, a guy like Rafael Bajarano who is uh, among the very best in the country uh, doing business there on a regular basis. So, um, you know, the, the good money and the good weather and, and the long meets uh, in, a, in a nice area, a nice place uh, like uh, West Los Angeles, that's going to attract, you know, that's going to attract your best uh, competitors. And Hollywood Park was, uh, was no different. Well, uh, you mentioned that uh, Jack Van Berg's going to be there. I was lucky enough to, to have him on the show a couple months ago uh, as he was uh, putting the finishing uh, touches uh, on his book. And uh, I know that you referred to, to that in one of your most recent columns. Uh, his list of accomplishments and hard work and efforts that he obviously learned at the foot of his father are, are just unbelievable. So I guess now he's going to be there uh, signing his book and uh, other 
kind of closing days, memorabilia? I mean, are they going to are they going to be you know selling any of the seats? Uh, are they <laughs> auctioning off any artwork, or is some of that going to be uh, moved to another track? Do you know what plans they have for some of the historic items they have? Yeah, um, as far as I know, uh, this is a pretty uh, cold-eyed bunch uh, that uh, owns Hollywood Park. They're they're not a real touchy-feely crew, so I wouldn't I wouldn't look for. Uh, too much in the way of uh, old Lang Syne, although I believe Jay Cohen, the uh, trumpeter, will be playing old Lang Syne. But um, no, there's nothing, nothing particularly special planned, other than they're just so excited to be almost sold out in the Turf Club and Reserve tables uh, on that day, and uh, it's uh, which is kind of a kind of morbid to tell you the truth, uh, but I guess people will uh, turn up for an Irish wake uh, just about any time. Um, as far as I know, there is a, a late January date set for auctioning uh, assets that are auctionable. Uh, interestingly enough, the um, uh, Los Alamitos, um, which is doing a lot of uh, renovations to its clubhouse in addition to building its uh, uh, building out the, the track to be a full mile, um, they're they're doing a pretty uh, canny scavenging of Hollywood Park uh, material. Um, you know, a whole host of uh, flat screen TVs and uh, uh, safety surfaces uh, for horses and, um, you know, some furniture that's, uh, let's face it, with Hollywood Park's attendance going through the, the floorboards in recent years, it hasn't gotten a lot of wear and tear. So the Hollywood, the, the Los Alamitos people are, are being very smart. They're 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 leverage, leveraging their new position as the the new kids on the thoroughbred block, and they're 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 going to tap into some of that uh, material that uh, won't go to waste, and that's uh, that's good news. Yeah, it really is. I, I just hate to see that, you know history just go the byway because uh, of of a new uh, cor- corporate owner. Well, there are uh, three there are three graves at Hollywood Park, and uh, there are plans to move those horses. Um, that were buried there, Landa Luce, the two-year-old Philly champion of 1982. Uh, she is going to be uh, disinterred, and, and her remains uh, uh, reburied at Spendthrift Farm in Kentucky, where she was uh, uh, bred and, and born. Um, Wayne Hughes, of course, owns that now, so that's a, that's a wonderful connection from the past to the right. present. And um, I'm not sure if there are plans yet for a great communicator who was the the wonderful uh, turf horse and Breeders' Cup winner that um, uh, was uh, stabled at Hollywood Park with Thad Ackle through his California career. And then, of course, the the big boy is Native Diver, uh, who's resting under a monument in the paddock, and uh, he'll be... uh, be, uh, relocated to Del Mar, um, where he was uh, a three-time winner of the San Diego and the Bing Crosby and set a track record in the Delmar handicap, and that's that's kind of a, a good place for uh, for Native Diver to be uh, celebrated. So they'll be taken care of. Uh, I'm glad that they will. I uh, I really enjoyed uh, re- reading the book Noor. Uh, quite frankly, he was a horse that was kind of lost in history. When I got uh, to read that book and the fact that they had find the farm where he was, and he's now buried safely and soundly at the great uh, old friends farm in Georgetown, Kentucky. It's uh, it's great that they've actually you know found a place and made plans for for each one of those um yes jay and looking back because i know this is going to be a, t- a tough question was was there a, a favorite race or horse that is has a particular place in your heart from hollywood park 
Well, this is, uh, you know, like uh, Lucy used to ask Charlie Brown, who do you like better, your mother and your fa- or your father? And it's one of those <laughs> Im- impossible questions to answer because, yeah, I mean, if I say affirmed and I can be very safe in saying that, he won the Hollywood Derby there. The ho- he won the Hollywood Futurity, uh, not Futurity, but the Hollywood Juvenile uh, during the summer of his two-year-old year, then the Hollywood Derby as a three-year-old before he won the... Uh, the uh, Kentucky Derby and the Triple Crown, and then he and then he won the Californian and the Hollywood Gold Cup when he was four. So he kind of owned that place. He was undefeated in four starts there. But then, what do you do with John Henry, who yeah. you know set a, an earnings record there when he won the Hollywood Turf Cup, uh, who uh, um, you know won the, uh, the the Hollywood Invitational uh, three times. He, he won uh, you know he won all the major uh, grass races uh, at Hollywood Park and. Uh, uh, you know, was uh, was so exciting and winning the American Handicap in 1983 when he came back from an injury. Um, and then, you know, then once you've gotten past those two, you've, you've got to account for, for Cougar, who was possibly the most exciting and popular horse to run at Hollywood Park since Seabiscuit. Uh, he, uh, he pretty much uh, owned Southern California for two and a half seasons in the early 70s, and I got to see him toward the end of his career in person several times, including Hollywood Park, uh, and right down the list until, you know, you finally get to Lava Man and Zenyatta in the last, uh, in the last decade. And so there, it, there was never too many years that went by uh, that uh, something really exciting didn't happen with a really, really good horse that you knew you'd be talking about for a long time, uh, especially when you can say that, Spectacular Bid ran there and won. Dr. Fager ran there and won. Uh, Cigar ran there and won. So, uh, you know, do I have a favorite? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't blame you, but uh, I've got uh, one of my favorite writers on the West Coast uh, with us, uh, spending extra time with us, talking about Hollywood Park. Jay Havde, thanks so much uh, for uh, not only taking your time with us tonight, but for being the marvelous wordsmith that you are and, and, and capturing all of the, these great horses and events uh, o- over the last couple of decades. Well, it's my pleasure, Jim, and thanks so much for, uh, for talking with us out here on the coast, and uh, I hope things go well for you and River Downs. Okay, well, we'll be looking for your, your, your columns coming up in the Daily Racing Forum. That was Jay Hobday, ladies and gentlemen. And coming up next, we're going to have a bit of a handicapping portion of the show. Talk is one of the top jock agents in the country, Billy Johnson. You're listening to Winning Ponies. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports and they're off what 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and uh, you may recall a few weeks ago, uh, we had a handicapper on by the name of Gary Johnson, who, by the way, gave us some pretty solid horses at a decent price, I'll have you know. And uh, today, obviously, uh, the, the bloodlines run thick, and we're going to have his brother Billy on. Now, uh, while Gary was mostly in the, the training game uh, early on before he became pretty much a, a professional handicapper in the tournaments, uh, Billy is a, a jockey agent. And, and he has a gentleman by the name of Deshaun Parker. Now, Deshaun Parker isn't a household name, but I think he should be. Uh, not once, but twice, he led the nation in number of wins, and he's always in the top five or so uh, perennially. And uh, obviously, uh, he, you have to have talent, but you also have to have a good jockey agent to get you on the best horse. And we're talking with him right now. Billy Johnson, how you doing? Great, John. How are you? I'm doing just fine, just doing just fine. Well, you know, we we had a conversation the other day. We were talking about my friend Perry Utes, who uh, got over the 46,000 mount uh, level, and and you you were talking about the amazing record of Deshaun, and uh, the the question came up is, how do we get these guys in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. You know, like we talked about the other day, I'd like to know, you know, how to go about doing it. I mean, you know, I know it's, it, I'm not taking nothing away from the guys that are, that are in there, but I mean, they, you know, they haven't rode as many years. Some of them haven't rode as many horses, haven't won as many races. I mean, I know they've won the big stakes, and I, and that's that's a great accomplishment. But we're talking about like Deshaun's rode almost twenty five, twenty eight thousand five hundred horses. Perry's rode, you know, what thirty six thousand? I mean, forty six thousand. I mean, yeah, forty six thousand. I mean, I mean that's a lot, and you know, like you know, Terry's been in the top five in the, in the country and wins, you know, several times. This would be our sixth year that we're going to try to be in the top five in the country and wins. I mean, even though we're we're racing at smaller tracks, I, I don't think anything should be taken away from those guys because, I mean, they go out there and put their lives on the, on the line just like those other guys do. Well, quite frankly, Billy, they put their life on the line more than the other guys do because these are the guys that'll ride in bad weather. 
Uh, they'll ride over questionable surfaces, uh, and you know they'll they'll ride tougher horses to handle. So a lot of those guys that are in the Hall of Fame were uh, stepping in on top of a Cadillac when they were riding. Yeah, you're right, and I mean, like especially like Terry and Deshaun. You know, I don't have to tell you about the weather. We've you know we've experienced uh, an unusual last three weeks here, but I mean this is like every year that you know we these guys fight the weather. You know, especially Terry riding Turfway in December. Now Deshaun's, you know, Deshaun's got a little smarter the last couple of years and went south, but I mean, he spent many a winter here too. You know, riding over, you know, tracks that probably weren't the best, the cold weather and the, the snow, the sleet and the rain. And uh, you know, like we talked about the other day, I just, I just think they need to need some recognition too. Yeah, they really do. And, and I think across the hall, or across the wall from those guys should be a Hall of Fame for uh, horses uh, that uh, made some great accomplishments. Uh, you know, there's uh, horses that have won as many as 50 races, albeit not, you know, at, at, at Hollywood Park or, or Belmont Park, but just the fact that they were stout enough to, to stay around. You know, of course, in Ohio, uh, Cat Launch, you're aware of that horse. He won over a million dollars running mostly in state-restricted races. There, there really ought to be a, a place for these horses. I, I know they're not in the headlines every day, uh, but they certainly have the, the hearts, uh, the courage, and they've persevered uh, to get recognition. I agree. And, you know, hopefully somebody that's listening can can maybe, you know, send you an email or, I mean, you can give them my phone number. I mean, I, I think that, you know, something needs to be done. It should be, addre- it's something that should be addressed in horse racing. I mean, you know, not, not that it's, not that it's bad that we publicize all the big races and those riders and horses and jockeys, but, you know, what about the small time guys? I mean, up until, you know, up until the last 15, 20 years, you know, the, the biggest purse would be the three or 400,000. Now that's like a, it's a minor grade three stake someplace. Right. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, just as uh, Im- important that the, he have a, a good horse uh, under him, uh, it's important for you to have the support of good owners and trainers. Uh, you're, you're right, John. I, I've, I've been very blessed over the years. Um, you know, just some of the names that come to my mind are like Billy Hayes and Joe Woodard. They've been, they've been racing me for like four years now racing the Mountaineer. Um, recently, I picked up Eric, riding everything for Eric Reed, um, which, by oh, the way, in January, we're going to Sam Houston with Eric. He's taking a, a barn of about 30 or 35, and we're going to try Sam Houston for the first time ever. So that's going to be an experience for us. But, um, you know, I've, I've got a lot of clients that are very, very loyal to me, um, you know, especially like this summer when me and Deshaun and Press Kyle, they would ride my, my second rider. I mean, I hate to say my second rider because I don't sound right, but... Um, Christian Polaris has, has had a career year this year with me. He was leading rider here this summer, even though I wasn't even here most of the time. I was at Prescott with Deshaun. Um, but people just stuck with me because of, you know, what, what I've done for them for the years, and that, you know, that means a lot to me. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm up against the clock here, and I promise my listeners that uh, even we're not a big-name track, I'm going to give them a big-name uh inside track with you. I've got two minutes. We've got two races. So put 10 pounds in a five-pound stack. We're starting with the eighth race at Mountaineer. This is a Saturday's race. Going a flat mile. Who do you like? Howell Park? Um, you know what? Howell Park's going to be a big favorite. He ran a, he ran a super race last time. It was a big inside bias. I'm actually going to go with the two horse. This guy is a beauty. She, it also ran huge. Um, we're expecting a lot of rain this weekend. The horse is very good on, on, the, on an off track, has a super number on, a, on an off track. Um, I think he's going to be the horse to beat in that race. 
All right. Well, uh, let's see. The, let me pull up the, the, the next race you sent me because this is a very interesting race, the ninth race, a distance we seldom see in the United States. Even though there's a $35,000 purse, two and a quarter miles starter allowance. Who should we be looking at in here, Billy? Um, I was fortunate enough to pick up the horse. It's probably going to be 2-5 curmudgeon who uh, went our last leg of this race by 13 lengths. And, I mean, he's going to be super tough to beat. But if I'm going to go with anybody, it's going to be the sixth horse, Hidden Prophet, who ran second going two miles and 70 yards at Fort Erie, um, which is also a dirt surface. So he's, he's going to be the horse that I'm going to have to beat, I believe. All right, but your Christian Polaris will be on the seven. Kermungeon, I know Deshaun picked up a long shot in there. But uh, Billy yeah. Johnson, thanks so much for uh, uh, spending, spending time with us. And I really think that, that, that your concept of somehow we get a groundswell going for a Hall of Fame for the blue-collar guys is a great idea. I, I agree. And I, you know, hopefully we can get something going, John. And um, you know, if anything that I can do to help, I certainly would. Well, Billy Johnson, thanks a lot. Best of luck uh, to you, to Deshaun, and to Christian. Uh, give them my best, and I'll be in touch with you. I certainly will, and uh, we wish you guys a happy holidays, and um, anytime you need a guest, I'm always available. All right. We've been talking with Billy Johnson, uh, the uh, super agent up at Mountaineer Park. He has the top two leading riders there. I want to thank uh, uh Jay Hobday, so much for uh, spending time with us and, and talking about uh, Hollywood Park's uh, disappearance after 75 years, shall we say. So another very enjoyable show with some talented people. I want to thank my producer, Justin, and thank you for listening. Remember, if you take a friend to the racetrack, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.